Sunday, October 15th. We're halfway through already, folks. Holy. Little M83 to get you started. songs are great, you know, they're not, they're not like, uh, very lyrical, sometimes you don't need too many things to say, but this thing really gets your blood boiling, it gets you ready for whatever you need to do, whether it's sports, getting ready for a show, it really pumps you up. It's gonna kick in right here. Yo! Oh man, these guys are so sick. Welcome back, everybody, to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing podcast! Hello, friends. What's going on? Welcome back. Welcome back. Here we go. Another episode for you this week. <clears throat> um, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh, I want to thank the uh, the Granite Roots Brewing Company over in Troy, New Hampshire. I had a fantastic time over there past Sunday. It was kind of weird. You know, I got up on stage and I don't know. For the first time in years, you know, maybe it's just who I've become. Maybe it's... Um, uh, it's just because of my mental stuff that I was talking to you guys about last week. Um, but I didn't enjoy it as much when I got on stage. Um, and that doesn't mean that I hate it. And I don't even think we necessarily grow out of everything. I think it's just mainly a... Uh, it's mainly just the fact that for so many years I was so used to uh, a certain way of doing things. You know, like I talked about last episode with the band and stuff. And I think um, that's a good topic to talk about, which is, are we able to view growth in a healthy way? And, you know, growing, it takes years sometimes to realize stuff. You know, the difference between being, let's say, I don't know, for me personally, on my story, it's like when I was 19... I thought I was running the world, you know, I was in a band, I was about to move out, um, you know, I was basically taking care of myself and, and excited to, uh, to be independent, and then through the years, you know, fast forward, I'm living in Marlboro, and I turned 22-23, it was a very, very big jump from you know, who I was as a human being. And not to say that I didn't keep my values. I always did that. I always kept my morality and, and, uh, you know, I always kept things in check. Um, and I think when you get older, you kind of lose that because either you get sick of it, you don't think it's worth it. And, uh, you know, I'm not really a people person that much anymore which is kind of sad to say because I really do 
genuinely want to believe that there's good in a lot of people. But I guess you learn to dream a little smaller. That might be the biggest part of the podcast. It's like, you know, we're not we're not all striving to become Instagram famous, if that makes any sense. Some of us would just like to survive and and live under the radar. You know, everybody craps on Shia LaBeouf. Now, hand granted, he's cra- <laughs> I don't want to say he's crazy. I don't want to judge anybody, but there's a lot going on with that guy. You know, Hollywood really turned him into something crazy. You know, he did Holes back in 2003, which is 20 years ago. Think about that, how much somebody like him has changed in 20 years, you know? And again, it's not a shocker to see what that type of industry does to a human being. So take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt when it comes to that guy. But when the world eats you up and spits you out whole, you know, you shouldn't be shocked. Because that's just what happens. You know, you have dreams, you want to be better, you want to try to stay positive, but life can kick you down. And, you know, especially when you're in that limelight, it could be very, very difficult to stay positive. And then, in turn, you, you know... Your, the direction that you have could be lost and you turn to other things, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or, you know, uh, bad friendships, you know, toxic friendships. It's like it's it can be very difficult to circumnavigate this thing called growth. How do I put this? So when, you know, when people like die, say when somebody passes away. As human beings, we're not meant to deal with death. That's just a fact of life. We're not meant to deal with the absolute tragedy that happens. But one thing I noticed, and I want to get people's opinion on this, so hopefully you guys can weigh in if they're in the comments or something. How do you deal with those situations? Seriously, how do you deal with you know, something so painful, you know, such as maybe a good friend passing away, or, you know, a parent or a grandparent or somebody that you were close to. How do you deal with something like that when you're not meant to deal with it? Well, I think it's all time. You know, time is a strange animal. You really have to understand that, you know, the things that you're dealing with right now are very, very temporary. Almost meaningless. You know, the things that you were upset about years ago, you're not going to be upset about tomorrow or in the next few years. I shouldn't have said that. Tomorrow. You might think about it tomorrow and the next day, maybe the next month or the next three months. But I guarantee you, you know, depending on the seriousness of it, it's not that you try to forget somebody passing away that was special to you, but, you know, it becomes numb almost when... Things like that keep happening. So growth, it gets stunted for a moment, but not in the sense of like you'll never be able to get out of it. Because there's always a way out, no matter what anybody tells you. And I'm the perfect example. Why does this happen to me every time? My computer is 
against me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know I'm getting messages. Shut up. I'm getting a new computer at some point, by the way. So let me just switch that channel for a second. I, this problem will hopefully not be happening again. But I am not as computer savvy as some of my uh, some of my tech friends. Anyway, so. You know, for me personally, I'm very, very emotional, and, uh, you know, when it comes to my friends, they're my family. You know, they're the people that I look to the most. They're the ones that give me advice when I'm slipping. Um, they keep me grounded. They're not therapists, but they got your back. And that's the type of people that... I want around me at all times. Not somebody who's looking to be a friend to gain something. A fair-weathered friend, as my friend Jordan Miller would say. Shout out to that guy, by the way. Love you, Jordan. Um, and it, it can be very difficult to gauge those types of people. And that type of situation can stunt your growth as well. Is When you go through a situation where you think that you could trust somebody, you think that they're going to be a friend for life or... You know, somebody who is willing to support you and then they all of a sudden they just drop off the face of the planet. That can be a very, very sad roadblock. So take that as take whatever you want from that. Um, and for me, you know, when my friend, uh, my friends Kate and Aubrey passed away, that was about a year pretty much a year of, of me not being able to function and or handle what was going on. You know, they were so young and, you know, they had babies who are parentless now. You know, again, we try to pick mates who we think are going to be the best uh, examples for our children if that ever happens, you know, whether you have them or not. But, you know, when you are doing it on your own and then you're gone, that can be a real tough spot to be in. So I thought about that for basically like a year. I couldn't stop crying. I mean, you know, I've had people pass away before. But nothing like that. That was... That was my circle. You know, those were the people that I grew up with. And not only that, but they were women in my life who were I was not attracted to. You know, romantically. I was attracted to them because they were, you know, they knew me. And they knew me so well that they could call me out on anything. And I would not have a problem with it, more than likely. I'm very, like, again, I'm very sensitive. So it's like if it, if it did bother me, it would only take a couple of days for me to just get over it. And then slowly realize that, hey, you're an idiot. Grow up, move on. So, you know, I think that that says a lot about how we, how we carry ourselves how we carry our friendships, how we treat our loved ones, you know, it's a big deal. And that is self-growth. 
when you can say, hey, what you're saying is really pissing me off right now, but I know I need to hear it. And trust me, to eat a bag of truth is no easy task, especially for somebody so selfish. And, you know, for me, I don't intend to be that way. I, on my story, I was the man in my house. Always. You know, it's just me and my mom. So I was taking care. I know exactly how those kids feel. How Kate's kids feel. How how Ob's son feels. You know, it, it's... I know how their life is going to be. And at some point, you know, I hope that when they grow up, I'm able to talk to them and, and tell them how dope their moms were. <laughs> because my mom's dope too and and I'm hoping that uh you know I feel like I have a duty as one of their really good friends to maybe be a part of their life one day if if they want to know about their family anyway be that as it may it's I feel like sometimes for that growth it's important to have those struggles you know, it, it's important to to eat a truth bomb from time to time or a slice of humble pie, as they say. Um, and it's also important to revert back to that whenever you're slipping. And that's why it's good to have friends because they'll help you grow continuously. You know, you're not always going to have your parents. It sucks. It's unfortunate. My parents are getting older. My dad's 65 years old. My mom's 58. And, you know, I got about... I got about 20 years left with them. 20, 25, and hopefully. You know, it seems like a long time, but it's really not. I thought, you know, I thought 19 years moved by fast when I was gone. And then the next thing you know, <laughs> I turned 28 on Wednesday and it was one of the worst days of my life like I just I didn't think about you know the future I thought about how so much time has passed but again part of eating that humble pie is I think maybe I said this last podcast I can't recall but I think it's counting your blessings you know what a life I've led. I've rocked hundreds of people. I've had this podcast in January. It'll be four years. Can't even believe that. I've had so much fun doing it. And not only that, but... I mean, I have great friends. Great friends who humble me, who help me move forward, who care. Even though sometimes I get clouded by my own feelings. I know that they do care. And... um I think the difference is for people who grow up in single parent homes, you know, when you're the other half of, say, the income, you're used to making those decisions for yourself. You're used to knowing what your main goal of survival, like to survive for both you and your mom or dad or brother or sister or whatever your role is in that family if it's broken up. And I have a lot of friends like that who grew up in circumstances like that. And, um, you know, they, 
we understand each other a certain way. My best friend, Ross Clark, perfect example. Our dads weren't really in our lives as much as mm, the next guy. And when I say that, we were not always accepted. We were not always understood, which is no surprise to any parent, any offspring of parents who <laughs> didn't get them. But, you know, for us, we were, we made decisions based on that. And our growth was stunted in certain ways that I'll explain. Like, when I talk to my friend James, it's funny because he has two parents that are stellar. I love them both so dearly. And it reflects on his behavior because of how he carries himself. He loves so many people and he is willing to do anything for them. You know, it's a measure of consciousness and um, it's a measure of, you know, stability. It's like, I, I wish I had that, you know. And by no means am I saying that my mom didn't do a great job because she did the best job she could. And, you know, that's where we are today. My mom and I are so tight. And uh, and it's funny. She used to annoy me so much. She would call me 10,000 times a day. And now that I'm not with her, you know, I've been on my own since I was 19. Again, Obviously, as I stated before. So it's like it's weird not having... When you're on your own for so long, it's weird not having that camaraderie or that responsibility in your life anymore. Now you're not responsible for two people. You're responsible for just you. So that was a big growing movement. So, you know, I can see where, you know, the wires get crossed in certain people's lives where they can't figure out why this person did this or this person said that or... You know, you don't feel like you're doing enough or they're doing enough. It's a very, very interesting cohabitation. And, you know, we exist in that realm of confusion because we don't understand it. But that doesn't mean we can't ever understand it. And that's called growth, too. Like, you know, if somebody says, I don't even know, I'm going to take care of this person financially because I'm the husband or the wife and I make the money, whatever it is. I don't get that. My philosophy always has been stand on your own two feet. And I think I've said that in podcasts before where it's like independence is very important to me. But some people are shy. And I... I need to pound that into my head sometimes and learn to keep my mouth shut because it's so easy for me to be like, are you serious? What's wrong with you? Don't be an idiot. Grow up. Do this. <laughs> but, you know, I don't realize how that affects somebody emotionally. And the reason I don't is because when I was younger, you know, I was shut down a lot. I didn't have a chance to speak. And so when you're in the punk rock community, naturally you rebel. 
naturally you start catering to the fact that you don't need to be silent. You have a voice. And and that was one of the biggest deals in my life was that the fact that I could say things and it was acceptable and it wasn't, you know, wrong to think outside of the box or make something creative to you. Like what's important to you? Very often you see people that are just pounded with things and ideas that can't ever be allowed to go outside of that area. And that's wrong. We're all very different human beings. Every single one of us is wired different. And as soon as we start accepting that, that's the biggest part of growth is acceptance. My grandfather was really good at that. He never had a bad word to say about anybody. And if he did, he kept it to himself unless he got really pissed. And he needed to say something. That was the most punk rock version of my grandfather, my mom's dad. He was, uh, he'd been through a lot, man. You know, his wife died and when, uh, when my mom was 15. That was tough. My mom doesn't really talk about my grandmother that much. But every now and again, I get to ask her questions because I'm comfortable. I get to feel out how she dealt with things and, you know, maybe how I can apply it to my life. Because it's, the whole thing is, uh, you know, when you get older, you want to know, you want to know your parents a little bit better. And what I mean by that is this, is that, you know, you grow up thinking that there's some sort of mythical creature and that they know a lot more than they do and they have all this experience, but you come to find out they're just shooting from the hip with instinct too. They're imperfect. They're imperfect people trying to navigate an imperfect world. You know, so the next time you go to judge somebody or the next time you think about saying something, stop and think to yourself first. My dad has a great saying. And I think he says it Because there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't say either. He's able to keep his mouth shut because he's applied this in his life, which is, it's a Mark Twain quote. It's better to be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. It's better to be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Because a lot of times we're very presumptuous people. We put the cart before the horse with everything. You know, and I don't get political at all in here because I think it's a waste of time. I I can't even imagine what those guys in Israel are going through. I can't even imagine. But they must be so used to the fact that they're not accepted or that the other party isn't accepted, that it's a normal way of life for them. And that stinks. You know, we're warring with each other for what? Because we don't agree? If that were the case with everybody, we no one would have any friends. <laughs> 
maybe I'm going off a little bit too much. I don't mean to, but it's again, the main part of this thing is this episode is growth. I think, um, I'm trying to think of a time where it really hit me. I, in the, when I was in the first band, you know, I think we talked about this last time. Uh, my friend CJ, who came into the band, like we, or started playing with us, I should say, we were just jamming. And I didn't understand the friendship between him and Ross. I didn't understand that dynamic in any way, shape, or form. And I didn't understand it because I was jealous. I didn't know how to share. I didn't know how to, you know, not have uh, the same thing over and over and over again. You know, like those days in Vermont, I knew they were going to end. I didn't want them to. But I was so spoiled and it's... It's funny looking back at it now, because I would not trade those days for anything, how much I miss the crazy, insane stuff that would happen that was just so funny, especially when, you know, all three of us were firing on all cylinders with songs and, you know, rehearsing and, and laughing and jamming and partying and, you know, going to the Rutland Fair, I'll never forget. <laughs> The Rutland Fair, we would go, and uh, there was this one guy, he was some sort of, uh, he, he was very creepy. He worked for the Lions Club, and he just had this lisp, and he was trying to get our attention. <laughs> and for the rest of the day, we were just roasting this guy, doing impressions of him, like, even after we left the fair. And it was just so funny how... I couldn't believe how petty I was being. I couldn't believe how selfish I was that, you know, oh my God, I can't believe Ross has another friend, blah, blah, blah. It, that was all ridiculous. It's like, you know, you're not supposed to have 100,000 friends or whatever, but I mean, I was afraid to go outside of that friendship zone at that point in time. I was afraid to... Uh, Accept another element of change. And change is a very, very strange friend. You know, again, growth. We're not used to it. It's something new. So, when that type of stuff happens to you, don't feel like you can't embrace it. And don't feel like you can't... Uh, glean something from it whatever experience is going on you know I've made thousands of mistakes guys and I'm going to continue to do that because even if it's even if it hurts really really bad or even if it's the best thing I could have ever done there's always room to improve you know it's a silly thing to, to say sometimes but there's always room to improve on yourself you know, like this whole depression thing. It's it's hard. It's really hard. And I never expected it for it to uh, be a part of my life to this magnitude. But, I mean, I think accepting it has been a, a big part of why I, you know, 
had this time off from the podcast. It was like I took that month and a half off, really, or whatever you want to call it, because it's like I didn't, again, I didn't know who I was, and I'm just trying to figure that out again. So, you know, I'm hoping that this is hitting somebody. I'm hoping that if you're not used to maybe accepting things in your life that are out of your world, take a chance. You know, whether that's getting on a plane and going to a different country, which I desperately want to do. I want to go to Italy so bad or Mexico or, you know, uh, I, I don't even know. Somewhere away from here. <laughs> Which means I got to get my passport. So whether it's doing that or, or, you know, trying to find some people who maybe you could jam with if you're a musician or, you know, um, like a book club. Like just find an outlet to be outgoing. Find some sort of way to... Uh, to self grow whether you know whether that's going out of your comfort zone or you know whether it means that you have to make some changes in your friendships or you have to realize that you're not gaining anything from doing some sort of maybe a habit or something like that you know that's one of the other reasons why I stopped drinking this month is like I wasn't gaining anything I wasn't, except for weight. I was gaining weight. And the only the other thing is you don't gain any self-respect. I always say this. I'm interested in people who are interested in me. And you should be. Because everybody else just wants to use and abuse and bring you down. And they may not know. They may not know. They definitely don't know. Those ones who are toxic and are using you, they don't know the battle that you may go through mentally every day. You know, I can tell you firsthand, there are things that people have said to me that I carry with me to this day because it hurts so bad. And again, it's very hard to let go and to move on and to, you know, uh, make the needed changes to adapt and grow. But I will. And then one day before you know it, I won't even think about it and it won't even be brought to mind. 19 was a rough age for me. I was in love and uh, I thought I was going to start my life with somebody. And how naive I was because I got taught a very important lesson, which is, you know, don't put the cart before the horse. You know, you're expecting something that you think is going to be your future is a fool's errand. You know, there's an old expression Man makes plans and God laughs. And what that means is like, you may think you have it all figured out. And you may think that you're about to start a beautiful journey. And you might. 
but it's never going to end up like you think it will. Which is okay. It's okay to have those because we're constantly learning. There's never nothing that we're not learning. There's, you know, we, even with best friends, you think you've heard all the stories, you think you've heard every thought, every word, every deed, and it's, you know, there's always something new. That's what great friendships are all about, is creating new experiences. You know, like bands, bands who have been around for forever, they want their audience to grow old with them and to share new songs, you know, like, um, I mean, like the Foo Fighters, for example, Perfect. Dave Grohl did the drumming on this new album and the singing and the lyrics and, you know, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. It must have been insanely hard to do that record. I can't even imagine. But, I mean, to honor somebody's memory and to be able to get over that hump in one way, shape, or form is is a blessing. It's a big deal to, you know, not be taken down by something so negative and tragic that you're able to come out halfway upright so I mean in closing guys take some chances and don't worry about if you fail because failing is okay it's a part of growth it's a part of growing up and you're not supposed to get it right all the time we're not robots We're never going to be. Although AI is creeping in. <laughs> which is very weird. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I got no dates coming up other than maybe the 19th of November. I think I should be going down to Florida doing a live show down there. Um, unless I go back to Granite Roots. Other than that, I really got no plans. Uh, my busy season for UPS is slowly coming up um which is going to be crazy so if i can do the podcast in december i will you know it'll be episodes like this short ones i mean unless guests want to come in and and do like an hour pod which would be great and if i can um i'm hoping to get some guests in here soon i got some stuff in the works so um other than that thank you guys for tuning in once again uh this feels good you know, having Abram uh, Jones, my dear buddy, who I talked about before, he's the one who kind of got me going on this one. And um, these self-episodes, these little reflection pods are, I don't know. Again, it's something new. I'm going out of my comfort zone in this. It's something I'm going to try. Um, so, I mean, in, clo- in closing, I thank you guys because, uh, you know, a hundred and... I think this is going to be 140, 141 episodes, which is crazy. I'm hoping to continue that sort of uh, lane and uh, and get and keep keep on keeping on. I don't know when this is going to end. I I would like it to keep going for a few more years, 
um, depending on what I'm doing with my life. I mean, my biggest dream, I think, I would love to go on the road with like a sprinter van, like a conversion van, like a, you know, something that you could travel with, like a house on wheels sort of thing, and just tour. I would love to just tour in the van and do podcasts about my experiences. Like that to me would be infinitely beyond any dream I've ever had. You know, whether it's playing like acoustic in clubs or or uh, or something of that nature. It would be really, really fun. And hopefully you guys can get to be a part of it. Um, but until then, here we are. Still sitting here in old Keene, New Hampshire. Um, the college is back. Those guys kept me up till 2 in the morning last night. That was fun. I'm just kidding. I played golf yesterday and I was stoked because I haven't played golf in forever. It was a good time. And I was just, uh, every once in a while you have those nights where you just stay up. I should have done the pod last night. Anyway, um, I will talk to you guys next week. And uh, thanks once again for tuning in. This has been a Why You Laughing podcast, and we are clear.